Talking about movies, talking about films, talking about actors and directors and whatever else we feel like movies and films. Welcome to Movies and Films. This is a podcast where your two hosts, Jake and Joel, watch and discuss a new movie each week. We've both compiled a list of 20 of our favorite movies of all time, and we're taking turns picking movies one at a time off of each other's list. This week's movie is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We love it if you guys watched it with us and let us know what you thought of it. You can find us on Instagram at Movies and Films Pod. You can also find us on Facebook at Movies and Films with Jake and Joel. If you want to email us, you can email us at moviesandfilmspod at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. Movies and Films. Here we go. Episode 14. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, me too. For several reasons. One is because this movie was on your list. It, it was. Before you saw my list. Yeah. Uh, and for redundancy's sake, or in the interest of our list not being redundant, you right. changed it. Yeah. I enjoyed myself so much watching this movie. It's great. And I know that we both like it a lot, so I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it. I'm talking about the subject of episode 14 of Movies and Films, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2019? 19. 2019. What a great year for movies. There's a lot of so good many good movies coming yes. out in 19. And uh, starring a couple couple actors you might have heard of, Brad Pitt, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Margot Robbie. There's some others in there. Kurt Russell's Luke in Perry, there. Luke Perry, yeah. Kurt Russell, uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> I'm just not, Bruce, not Bruce, really Bruce Lee. He, um, he is in there, though, right? It's not him. Well, no, but isn't there like a shot of Sharon Tate and Bruce Lee in there? Oh, in in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, Sharon Tate is in there, too, I guess, if you think about it that mm-hmm. way. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are. We are it's we Once are. Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's off of my list, so Jake, take it away with our story summary. As with all Tarantino movies, there's tons of details and setups and payoffs and callbacks. and Rabbit trails. We're not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to try my best not yeah. to go down all of those little trails. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just kind of going to hit the, the big points. Yeah. The year is 1969. Big year. Big year. Right? So our story here is focused around Rick and Cliff. Rick Dalton, Cliff Booth. That's really, and then we have Sharon Tate also, but really the the crux of the story is around Rick and Cliff. Um, Rick is an old actor from the 50s. He was in this really successful TV Western called Bounty Law. Bounty Law. Um Jake Cahill. Yes. And then he left that show mm-hmm. to pursue a career in film. and Ending the show. Ending the show, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was, he did okay, I guess. He did a couple movies that, that were successful, but now he yeah. is back on episodic television playing the what they call the heavy, which, you know, in these types of shows, there's like a bad guy of the week that right. would come in yeah. that your hero beats up and he is playing that bad guy. So on that's what, that, uh, at least three shows that we see. Yeah, right. And he feels like a failure. He does. At this point he's like I'm washed up, you know, I'm yeah. you know, whatever. Um so that's kind of where we pick up our our characters. And Cliff is and his Cliff is his yes, is his uh stunt double. Yeah. Which he he got he they started working together on Bounty Law. Yes. Okay. That's where we. That's where. That we is the beginning. Yes. Um, <laughs> Rick is meeting with this agent 
guy who is played by Al Pacino. Schwarz. <laughs> yes. Uh, Schwarz is offering him a chance to go shoot movies in Italy. Go shoot spaghetti westerns is what they're calling, right? Yes. Italian westerns. One of Tarantino's biggest influences are right. these spaghetti westerns. Yes. yes. Um, Rick sees this as an insult. He sees it as a sign, a further sign, as if he needed one, yeah. that his career's over, right? Yeah. He's um, being put out to pasture. Right, yes. Yeah. Cliff kind of talks him down from this on the way, you know, on the way home from the meeting. Um, Cliff, by the way, is always driving Rick around because Rick doesn't have a license because he had too many DUIs. Yes. Um, so Cliff talks him down. He goes to, they go to Rick's house, which is in the Hollywood Hills. Next door neighbor is Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. And I guess Jay Sebring also lives there. Um, I, yeah. they, they all kind of hang out together. Yeah. Um, which if you know anything about history, Roman Polanski, Sharon Tate, 1969, the Manson murders, which we will get into yes. in a bit. But that's established at the beginning. So if you know anything about that period in history, you're like, Oh, she's you're gonna, like, she's going to die. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then so Cliff drops Rick off. Rick feels much better, you know, remembering that he lives next to Roman Polanski. Right. Um, and Cliff goes, then we see... Yeah, <laughs> the we, dynamic is just making me laugh. Yeah, it's so funny. The entire movie is just Rick Rick loses all hope and Cliff's like, hey, man. It's you're, all good. You're good, man. And he's like, yeah, I am. Yeah. So yeah. then we immediately see Cliff go to his house, which is yes. a trailer behind a drive-in. Yes. Very different sort of, mm -hmm. you know, vibe there. Um, we're introduced to Brandy. Brandy. Who is Cliff's super, like, uber obedient pit bull. Yes. And it's that's a great scene where he, like, he can snap his fingers and point at the couch and she'll go up and yeah. sit on the couch or whatever. Um, so that's, that is a setup that is important. Yeah. He's feeding her. Right, yes, yeah. A, a massive amount of dog food. <laughs> it's like raccoon-flavored, squirrel-flavored, <laughs> rabbit-flavored. <laughs> He's like, hmm, which one to get yeah. her? <laughs> um, uh, then we see, we go to, so Cliff is at home, Rick is at home. Mm -hmm. Rick is studying lines for the TV show he's going to shoot the next day. Yep. Uh, then we see Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski are actually leaving home. They're mm -hmm. going to a party. Yep. And it's at this party that we get, you know, some background of the sort of love triangle between Jay yeah, Sebring, yeah. Uh, Roman Polanski, and yeah. Sharon She left Tate. Jay for Roman. Yes. Um, Jay kind of hangs around because he's hoping that Roman will He knows Roman's up. a loose cannon. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, told by Steve McQueen, played by... Uh, Damian Lewis. Damian Lewis. Yes. He's, you know, he has that line, of, I never had a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, he, he likes sh he likes short short whatever it was short guys that look like twelve year old boys. Yeah, just, takes a huge drag off his cigarette. Yeah. Never had the chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the next day is day day two of our story, yeah. which is the big sort of second act where like everything yeah. is going to happen in this day. Mm -hmm. um, Cliff picks up Rick at his house, takes him to the set of this. TV show that he's shooting where he he plays the heavy, mm -hmm. right? Cliff can't be the double this week because he has a bad history with um, <laughs> the producer, I guess, or the the, or the, the guy who handles the stuck yeah, stunts, yeah. Um, which I'll get to in a second. 
Um, so Rick tells him, you know, just just go. My antenna broke last night. My TV antenna. Just go fix that, and then kind of hang out until mm-hmm. you know. From here, everything sort of splits. We have three planes of action happening. Yeah. And so I thought that the best way to kind of go through these is to take character by character. Okay. Um, rather than jumping back and forth. Then we go to Cliff. Then we go to Rick. Right. Right. Go. Okay. So I'm gonna talk about Sharon first. Okay. Sharon wakes up the day after the party, and she just kind of hangs out all day. Yeah. She's like not doing a whole lot. She goes and picks up a book from, oh, well, actually, first, a very strange man comes to the door mm. like that morning. He's got long hair. He's got a gap in his teeth. He has mm. a beard. He looks suspiciously like Char- Charles Manson. He is Charles Manson. Right. Yeah. Um, looking for... The previous Terry, owner, Terry, yeah, um, the guy who, who whoever used down. to live there. So that was that morning. Terry Melcher. That's the morning before. Yes. Okay. So, so if I understand, this is not going to be a Charles Manson episode <laughs> history, but from what I understand, Terry Melcher was a music producer. Okay. And Charles actually wanted to be in music. Yeah. He wasn't good. He was not. So Terry you should listen to his music sometime. <laughs> It's not good. Okay. <laughs> so Terry basically, I think, uh, was going to be the target of his murders because he, I guess, didn't oh, okay. give him his shot. I could be butchering this. Okay. You know, if I am. Whatever. There's yeah. tons of podcasts yeah. on Manson. So. Anyway. Charlie Manson shows up. Yes. Looking for Melcher. Terry. Yeah. Not there. This is the Polanski residence now. Dang it. Keep He's going to leave. Okay. Now, now Sharon kind of goes about her day and she goes to the bookstore to pick up yep. a, pick up a book and then she goes to see a movie with her in it she goes see her own movie yeah um and that's all she does which i think is is kind of cool actually yeah cuz she's just being alive yeah which is cool yeah i lo- i love the scene i've heard a lot of people talk about this first of all people talk about how like she doesn't have any agency or how it's boring and i've also heard people talk about how like they don't they're put off by the fact that she's like so into herself being in this movie and yeah, like i don't see the that. fact yeah. that everyone's applauding and that she's like and i'm like i think That's it's like, really sweet it like, is it's, it's well it's of, like you put your art out there and you want yeah. people to enjoy it and it's it's you know she moved to la to be a movie star right and now she gets to watch herself on the big screen yeah. it's kind of great it's cool yeah I, I i definitely like her her bit so that's all she does. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to go to see what Cliff does during yep. during this day. Cliff goes and he fixes Rick's antenna. With while, his shirt off. Yes. Brad Pitt takes it. Audible Brad, gasp. Yes. In the theater. <laughs> when I saw this movie, when Brad Pitt takes his shirt off, audible gasp. In his like, he's like, he's got to be almost 50 now, right? Oh, he. He's I think he was 50. about 55 in, when this movie came oh out. Oh, my gosh. Or when he was shooting this movie or something. He like looks that. great for being that old. I have it written in my notes here where down at the end. Uh, 54-year-old Brad Pitt is the handsomest man I've ever seen in this movie. <laughs> yeah, great. He looks great. Yeah. Um, so as he's up there, he's kind of like thinking about why he wouldn't be able to to, to work for this uh-huh. stunt guy, for this stunt coordinator. Um, and he we had this long flashback yes. of him beating up Bruce Lee. <laughs> And right, messing um, up the car of right. he, Kurt Russell's wife. Yes. Yeah. And so there's also during that flashback we get another mini flashback, flashback yes. within a flashback. Yes. Inception. Yes. Um, he may have killed his wife. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> he definitely did. But 
The flashback would make you think that he did. But it's also intentionally not showing you right. that he did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so there's that. So that's kind of hanging over Cliff. Yeah. It's a reason that he has like this sort of mm-hmm. you know, mythic kind of dark thing that people yeah. don't really like him. Yeah. Um anyway. He's got a past. Right, yes. So so we get that and then we cut back to the present and he's like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I did beat up Bruce Lee and That's throw fair. throw him into this car. Yeah. <laughs> On his way to to pick up Rick, I guess, from from or he's just kind of hanging out, driving around, yeah. waiting for Rick to get done. And listening to the radio. Just one of the best soundtracks. Oh, it's I've so ever good. heard in a movie. Just <laughs> just wait. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Um he picks up this hippie girl. Yep. She's going to, which he has seen a couple other times. They've kind of made eyes at each other and, you know. But he's never going her way. Right, yeah. Yeah. So he finally is able to pick her up and asks her where she's going. She's going to Spawn Ranch. Yeah. Which is where the Manson family lived and hung out. In real life. Yes, in real life. So he's like, you're going to Spawn Ranch. I used to shoot movies there. Bounty Law. That's where Bounty Law was shot. Yeah. In this film. So he takes her. He Mm -hmm. takes her to Spawn Ranch. She says, yeah, I'll take you there. Um. He has a funny line. It's like, you and a bunch of other people like you are all living at Spawn Ranch. (laughs) Right. I'll take you. (laughs) So he goes. And he's clearly like, I mean, he's attracted to her. But at the same time, he does have boundaries because she tries to proposition him in the car. And he's he's like, prove you're 18. And what does he say? He's like, he's like, I'm not going to jail. (laughs) He's like, they haven't put me in jail yet, and I'm not going there for you or something like that. Uh, But he, uh, I think he's just, like, he has nothing to do this day. Right. And it seems like he's just like, well, I got to see that. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. He thinks it it could be cool. Yeah. Um, So they go, and there at the ranch, we are introduced to historical characters that were part of the Manson family, you know, all of these, they all have nicknames and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, At the ranch, George Spawn, which is who he shot Bounty Law with, I guess he he owned the ranch back then. So they were acquaintances and he wants to check on him, you know, just to make sure that these hippies aren't taking advantage of him. They didn't kill him in his Yeah. Yeah. So he goes in, um, Dakota Fanning, what the heck? She disappears into this character. She plays, um, Unbelievable. Squeaky. So he goes, she's in the house. He, she doesn't really want him to go in, but he ends up. Dude, going I remember anyway. watching this, that whole it's scene. Intense. I'll get, that's one of my best scenes. Yeah. In the theater, I remember just being like, holding your breath. Yeah. What, what is George going to be yeah. <laughs> when he gets there? And then he gets there and he's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. It's um, such a glorious fake out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Cliff has checked on it. He does. He still though. He doesn't like the vibe he's getting from no, this. Not at all. From this place. He and knows so, something's up. Right. And so he walks out, and he's leaving. Like I am getting out of here. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anything to do with these hippies. <laughs> so he leaves. But you know the the guy has flattened his tire. He put a knife in his tire, and he beats him up and tells him to fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Forces him to fix yeah, it. Escapes right before Tex gets there. Of course, mm-hmm. Tex is the big. He's like. Charles's number two. He's right? like the He's, enforcer. Yeah. So who's a real person? Yeah, all of these characters are real, with with the exception of Cliff, Rick. Yeah. They're yeah. all real people. That's how Cliff and then Cliff is gonna go pick up Rick from from the uh from the show. Yeah. So that's Cliff's day. Cliff mm-hmm. had an encounter with the Manson family. Now Rick's day. 
Rick goes to shoot this TV show, right? He plays the heavy. He gets all the, the, the hair on, which it's kind of funny because there's this weird sort of dynamic with Rick. He doesn't want to be seen as Jake Cahill. He doesn't want to be recognized as Jake Cahill getting beat up. Right. But he also doesn't want his face to be covered and people not know it's him. Well, yeah, I think that's we, an interesting. We it's just see an interesting. him. We see him make that realization. I think, right? Because because yeah. uh, Marvin or Schwartz, Mister Schwartz, yeah, uh, he told him he was like, they're basically putting a nail in your coffin every time that that you get beat up by one of these new stars. It's, right, it's all part of this like scheme. Yeah, yeah, scheme to like write you out, and so. In that moment, I think when the director says, "Oh, I want to put a giant mustache in his face. I want to give him long hair and I'm yeah. like I think you see him be like, "Well, they won't be able to see it's me." And he's like, "I don't want them to see it's you." And I th- in that moment, I think Rick's like, "Oh," and he kind of accepts it. He's like, "Wait, they're not going to see Jake Cahill getting beat up." Right. You so know? you so think he actually like, likes that he's going to be He doesn't like it at first cuz he right. fight he's like when he has all the ice okay. on his face. Okay. I see you what know? you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he actually it's, he goes It weirds that. him out at first, but yeah. then he he thinks about it for a second. He's like, "Oh, well, okay. You can hear Schwarz's words yeah, echoing yeah. in his head." Yeah. Okay, cool. But really, so we see him sort of struggling with not being the best. He has this scene with his little co-star actress, yeah. Trudy, who is like super I'm an actress and there I'm going to take this super seriously and yes. I'm going to read a biography on Walt Disney. Yes. Like she has a, so she's very intense. Yeah. And so he has this scene with her where it's like he's kind of <laughs> realizing that he is not where he who he once was. Yeah. He's not where he he's once was in his very career. intimidated by her. Yes, very. <laughs> um so it's that's a an interesting, you know. Yeah. Scene. It's a great scene. So he goes so they shoot the scene and this is one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. Everything yeah. from here for the next like five minutes. Yeah. Um, he shoots the scene and he is not doing well. Yeah. It's really Leonardo DiCaprio is such a good actor that he acts bad in this scene. <laughs> like that's how good Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio is. Um, yeah. So he he's forgetting his lines. He's like doing all. He's like it's messing absurd up. Absurd how good he is. Yeah. Because it's like it's true. Like he's playing this like old. TV turned movie back to TV yeah, actor. And he's up. playing it exactly the way yes. that I would play it. So like when he's playing it bad like that, he nails it. And then when he's playing it a little bit better later, yes. he also nails that. But he's still not playing it as good as Leonardo DiCaprio. No. He's he's a genius. Amazing. He's a genius. <laughs> um, so he's struggling. He's forgetting his lines because he drank what, like eight whiskey sours the yeah. night before yeah. and whatever. So he... Gives himself this monstrous pep talk. Oh my gosh! And it is—it's all just, cut together. Yeah, it's like it's—it's it's a great scene. It's incredible. He's and throwing he, glasses. Yeah, all around. he's like yeah. basically beating himself up. He tells himself that he's going to kill himself <laughs> if, you if he get, doesn't. If you <laughs> don't get nail lines right, <laughs> yeah. So that it works. It the works. The pep talk he gives himself works, uh-huh. and he goes in, and he plays. He like gives a great performance. Yeah, um, playing the bad guy. And the little girl says that was some of the best acting I've ever seen. And he even he's even ad libbing. Yeah, he like throws his own. He's lines just like in there. on his game. Yeah, he's he's yeah. doing great, and um, that gives him a, a big confidence boost. Yeah. And going into the night, and that was that was Rick's day. Yeah. And so from there, we get lots of driving scenes where people, everybody's kind of going home <laughs> yeah. after their day. Yeah. Um. So which is which is cool. And they watch his episode. Yes. Of- and then. 
he FBI. has an episode of FBI yeah. that comes that that's that the is, end of the that is airing act two and Cliff and Rick have this really cool buddy moment where they're just sitting and watching and pizza. like commentating yeah. and and on the on the show and, yeah. and all of that. Jeez, um, every part of this movie is so good. <laughs> it's great, dude. It's great. Every little scene. Uh, um, okay. So time jump. Yes, big time jump. Rick did. The Italian westerns. Yeah, um, he did one, and then he decided to stay. And right. Do- yes. So Schwarz called the guys during his FBI episode. Was like, "Hey, yeah. I'm looking at your next big, you know, movie yes. star or whatever." Yeah, yeah. So he goes and does four, and does okay. Does pretty good. You know, they're successful yeah. over there. He didn't like it, but I mean, he was making making some money. Yep. Um, spent most of it. <laughs> spent most of it. So now he's broke. <laughs> yeah. And he can't afford Cliff anymore. Is what he tells him. Yeah. Know, I'm not going to be able to afford your services anymore. Yeah. He's going to have to move out of his house. Yeah, he he has a wife now, so yeah. I don't I don't know. So to to kind of celebrate their friendship and, you know, as a going away, they're going to have what the movie calls an old-fashioned drunk. An old-fashioned drunk. They go out and it should be noted that from here we're also seeing Sharon Tate's night who is now pregnant, 8 months pregnant. Yeah. Um this is the night that Sharon Tate and all those people in that house were murdered. Yeah. And everything on her side is accurate to the minute. Like it shows you the the time that, yeah. that they went here and did this and all of that is completely accurate, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Yeah. Um also I'm remembering watching this in the theater, not knowing what's about to happen and just being again being like Right. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Because you really like her. Right, yeah. <laughs> um Tex and the other um helper, I think Katie and, and the other one. Where yeah. they, they, they drive up because they're going to perform, you know, what Charles told them to do. Yeah. Um, however, as they're sitting there in their car, Rick comes out of his house because their muffler is loud, comes out of his house because the muffler is loud and tells them to get lost. Basically starts yelling at them like very- With an entire pitcher of frozen <laughs> margarita in his hand. He like takes a sip and then I yells. love when he yeah. <laughs> yells at him and then takes the yeah. sip. Um, it's, yeah. it's so funny, but it works and they like, they back out. Yeah, and they decide instead we're gonna kill we're gonna kill Rick yeah. instead of what Charlie told us to do. Yeah, um, does not go well for them. Cliff and Brandy are also there because remember they're celebrating you know yeah. their friendship or whatever. Oh, it should be also noted Cliff has smoked a cigarette that was dipped in acid, so he's like tripping. He's decided yeah. this will be the night that he smokes this acid cigarette because right. he's celebrating. He takes Brandy for a walk. Yeah. It's not kicking in yet. Right. When they... So, <laughs> Until the second that the, right. the hippies get there. So the hit, so these these murderers come in, they break in the house, and Rick is outside uh-huh. in his pool, right? He's like just kind of listening to music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they break in and Cliff is standing there. And he's, there's this funny... Brad Pitt is great. Um, yeah, but... So good. Basically, Rick, Cliff, and Brandy kill all of the Manson... And I remember your little white face. Yeah. <laughs> it's done in the most Tarantino way possible. Yeah. And um, the most Brad Pitt way. Agree it's with like that the as well. Most, it's like the two of them just yeah. at 60 miles an hour. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's basically where it ends. But so Cliff All, is Cliff is yeah. stabbed, and so, but he's going to be okay. He, he's going to yeah. the hospital. Um, basically, it's just a moment for Rick to say thank you for being such a great friend to me. Yeah. Um, and then Rick is, he meets Jay Sebring at the gate. And he gets to go up and meet Sharon and Roman Polanski and yeah. everybody who would be dead but is now alive. Yeah. Um, and that is sort of like maybe his career is not over. 
you know, yeah. he's gonna could be his yeah. his second act. Yeah, it's just starting. So that's once, and then you get the title. Once yeah. upon a time, and we end we end on because it ends as a as a fairy tale, right? He, everybody gets their happy ending, right? Which is once upon a time in Hollywood. The final that final title is over, like the front driveway to mm-hmm. Sharon Tate's house, yep. and then all the credits roll over that. Yep. Woo. Yeah. It's great. It's so funny how many things even you know. We're yeah. even skipped over, but that was the, by far the longest, you know, yeah. like summary we've had, but there's kind of no other way of doing it. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, well, you know, when I was, before I watched it, I was like, oh, well, this movie doesn't have a lot going on. I got to be able to just run through it. Yeah. It won't be, but no, you that, got, you got to hit all the points. That's the brilliance of Tarantino. I agree. Is that I hated myself just then saying that's the brilliance of Tarantino. <laughs> Uh, no, but that is the brilliance of his writing is that it's like nothing's happening, but everything's happening. It's yeah. all about subtext. It's all about, like, it feels like people are just hanging out talking about tipping or whatever. Yeah. And it's there's so much else going on under the surface, so much about every character is being said. Uh, yeah. I think this. Uh, I think this might be his best movie. And I like a lot of his movies. Yeah, <laughs> and I've just—I'm just saying right now from where I'm sitting, right, and watching it a couple nights ago. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. All right, that—that that being said, what do you yeah. think is this movie's Achilles' heel, Jake? What's the thing that you think holds it back? <laughs> I think that all of the feet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are a lot of feet in this movie, which is a Tarantino thing. That's but, true. Which yeah. is weird. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I actually think that it it tends to. Uh, linger a little bit um which i don't think is a problem with the movie Mm -hmm. but i do think that if you're not like an uber tarantino fan or you're not like you know really along for this ride so like the pace the editing um that kind of thing yeah yeah so like there's some shots that are that maybe don't need to be there or that are too long or just like like it lingers it like driving there's lots of driving there's lots of like sure just things where like Okay, like we're seeing the same thing, you know, which I yeah. I personally I enjoy right. about this movie. Yeah. Um maybe it wouldn't work in any in any other movie or you know, in many other movies, but yeah. here I think with the vibe of this movie and like the way that the story is told, yeah. it it works, but that is my that is my Achilles okay. heel is that it, it, for someone who is not right. enjoying that it could be like oh, okay this is a slog. I mean it reminds me of what I said about the witch, which is like if you don't like this kind of movie that's the Achilles heel. Sure. Because if you do like this kind of movie, there's not a ton to pick at. Right. Um, yeah, I put like maybe too many old Hollywood references. I you ever watched La La Land? No, I need to. Like, I thought La La Land was a fine movie, but. It w- it just felt like it was just it was pushing for that Oscar so hard. Got it. It did. It got <laughs> several of them, but like because it included so much old Hollywood stuff. Yeah. And I don't think that's what he was doing. I think he just. I think Tarantino just loves that era. I, yeah, I agree. I There's don't, just yeah. so much though, and to the point where I'm like, I could see myself, not necessarily on this watch through, but I can see other people too being like. Okay, that's a lot. That's a right. lot of this old Hollywood stuff, especially with the if, movie ranch and the right. Especially you know. if you're not in that world, you know. Like especially yes. if like eh, let's go watch a movie. You know, Tarantino's got a new movie out. Oh, okay, let's go watch yeah. it. You know, it, you're not like a big movie buff. You're not going to get right. a lot of that stuff. This is a bit. I'll I'll save this, but like 
for a later category, but like the Playboy Mansion scene felt like that to me where it was like, oh, we got these people doing impressions of famous celebrities yeah. and all this stuff where it was a necessary scene, Which, but it was just like, it was just so much of that like, oh, and we're going to this famous location and famous right. people. And I'm like, I get it, but like if it may be a little too much. And that one, that actually specifically was kind of forced because the if I'm, I read in a, uh, an article or something that the Playboy Mansion wasn't established until after. Oh, really? Yeah. After <laughs> yeah. That's so, really funny. So, um, anyway. That's actually kind of perfect for Tarantino. I, <laughs> I actually like it more now that I know that. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I also just read similar thing, the alternate history angle. Yeah. Uh, think, like just the way that he's telling a real story up until this point and then everything changes. He did the same thing with Inglorious Bastards. So it feels like you know, it's this thing that he does. It's a really specific thing. And I'm like, I can definitely see a lot of people not just, right. Just not being into that or being a lot of people being like, I don't get it. <laughs> Which right. Which is fine. Which whatever. If, if you're watching this movie and you're not from America, you're not going to get it at all. Probably right? not. I mean, you may know who Charles Manson is, but you're not going to get Right. Any. Which, I mean, it's not a problem for us, but I mean. I do think, I mean, we talked last movie about Eggers and about figuring, like asking a lot of the audience. Yeah. And in this case, like this movie never tells you what actually happened with the Manson murders. No, it doesn't. It just sets up what could, what was going to happen and what didn't happen, right. but it never tells you what actually didn't happen. Right. You have to know the characters and you have to, like, you have yeah. to recognize the text, you know, yes. all these, all these people. So, in that way, I I love that because I, I do agree. think you can watch this movie and appreciate it because at its story, at its heart, it is it's just the greatest bromance ever told. It is, it's yes, just that's it's what a it great is. story it's a about friendship. Rick yeah. and Cliff, uh, but this whole other thing going on, yeah, yeah, it's 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 great for that way. So my Achilles heels are actually safety nets. <laughs> uh, safety nets, though. What 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 do you think keeps this movie from being worse? The radio is always playing. First thing I got. Yeah, soundtrack on the car radio. Yeah, it's and so all of the soundtrack almost is diegetic, like they can hear it. Yes, which I think is so cool. I love the the little radio ads and interludes. Yeah, it's all there's. You see, there's a, there's a you see a billboard. It's it's a lady's name. It's like okay. Trixie or something. Tanya, it's Tanya. You see this thing like as Cliff's driving home that uh -huh. first night. It says Tanya, and there's this woman on a billboard, and you don't really see what it's for. But then later, you hear an ad for that. Oh wow! For Tanya, see that's on, just in between two of the songs. He didn't even have to do that, but no. he did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's like there's scenes where you know, the, like Cliff driving home. Yeah, it's establishing that he lives a long way away because yeah. it'll show him driving, and then it'll cut, and a different song will be on. Yes, and then They'll, they cut between they the cut songs so again. It's Sometimes a different yeah, song. Exactly, they right. do it twice in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So it, establishing that there's lots of time going by because yeah. all these songs are coming on the radio. Yes. It's so, the radio is such an in integral part of this movie. <sighs> I love it. And I have, I have, if you haven't gone online, listen to the soundtrack. I have. <laughs> it's so good. This version of California Dreaming is my favorite. Yeah? Yeah. There's this one, um, I call, I, I don't even know what I call it. I would call it the tambourine song. It, it's it's this super, it's the one that goes, na 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 yeah, and yeah. it's like, chick -a -chick -a -chick, and the yeah. tambourine is like half of the track, and there's this huge bass guitar. Yeah, I forget exactly who sings it. Uh, I've gone, I've just listened to that off the soundtrack several times because I just love the way that sounds. Yeah. It's this overly compressed radio sound. Yeah, it's great. 
And it's unlike, like, he's used music like that before, but it seems separate. It's way different than these yeah. other times that he's used it. It's a whole new yeah, it's, you know, thing. It's, like I said, it, it is... I think, and the reason why he does that is because it was a part of sort of... Yeah. This whole movie is is Tarantino's I Love You to the time period and yeah. to the to film itself and to Hollywood and all these things. Yeah. And so that music... That's what he was like hearing on the radio as he was driving through, yes, you know, downtown LA. Yeah, it's just it's great. And I, I usually don't like this thing. That's kind of what I was saying. Like I, this kind of love letter to Hollywood thing usually really turns me off. Really, I'm like whatever. Like get over. Like there's so much of this stuff. It doesn't have to be Hollywood. It could be anything. It's just right. like oh, this is such a love letter to New York in the '70s, and like. <laughs> There's well, just, New York in the seventies. <laughs> there's just so many of that. So, well, right. All of Martin Scorsese's. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like, there's so much of that stuff, and I, I, it just gets old to me. Yeah, sure. Because I'm like, it's just this fetishized version of it. But this, he does, he just pulls it off in this. Yeah. It's, it's not dependent on that aesthetic. The aesthetic just, what's the word? Elevate. Le- yes, elevates everything yeah. around it. Like, it, it's just a great backdrop for it. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Uh, I also had Brad and Leo's chemistry. Oh, yeah, of course. The um, whole thing. Every single scene they're in yeah. together. I actually put that the Manson family stuff as a safety net. Okay. The, the historical aspect to it. I think the movie yeah. is still good without it, mm-hmm. but it's not as like foreboding. And it's yeah. not as like, because there is this sort of like, oh, something is strange is going yeah. on. Like something weird is happening. Um, I don't think the movie does as well without that. No. I'd still think it's good, but I don't think it would be as great. No. As and can you imagine being in like the pitch meetings for this or being in like the early production meetings yeah. of like this being revealed that this is the story and that there's going to be this whole Manson family thing and they're going to go to Spawn Ranch and then later he's going to like blow her up with a flamethrower. Like it seems insane. And like I can't believe he made it work. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I don't. I don't know that uh, Tarantino has to pitch much. I think they right. just kind of say, yeah. Tarantino, you want to do a movie? Okay. Yeah, I don't think he, <laughs> there was a pitch meeting, but just I'm imagining yeah, him telling whatever he, you know, like unveiling this first production to company yeah. and then being like, okay, we're gonna do what? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, all right. Worst shot of this movie. It's actually just a shot that I. <laughs> I thought it was dumb. Like I don't. It's not necessarily bad. It's not a bad shot. Yeah. I just thought it was a dumb shot. Right at the beginning, actually. It, well, it's after the black and white intro. Um, okay. Yeah. The TV interview. Yeah. It's after that. It's the camera is in the car, and it's we're looking at Rick has a poster of himself. Yeah. 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 And it's super close on like the mouth. Yeah. And it is pulling back. That's real one of my slow. best shots. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't like. Why? Like, why is that Cause like you, that? Because you have no idea what it is, and then as it gets slowly, slowly pans out, you realize, first of all, you don't know you're in a car, and then slowly, slowly pans out, and you realize it's a giant painting of him. You're yeah. Like, why would it be a giant painting of him? And then it pulls out, and you're like, oh, this is a car in the driveway. He has this at his own house. I just love that slow reveal. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I didn't like it. Okay, okay. That's good, though. Uh, my worst, sh- I literally, <laughs> this is again, cause I have to. <laughs> yeah. It, it was hard. It was hard. Everything again, just, it's a completely different than the witch, but like I said, every frame is like a painting in that movie. 
It's the same thing with this, although this one feels like every frame is a Polaroid, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's so, yeah. every scene, I mean, every frame just feels like the way that it's framed, the way that it's lit, like, it's just so much great stuff, and it's so intentional. Like, the way that he moves the camera through scenes, yes. and the way that he sets up angles, like, the way he, Leo's screaming at himself in that trailer, and he yeah. sets up the mirror, so, like... Great. He, like, the whole, just every, there's that stuff just... This movie is littered. You can watch this movie 50 times and notice new things yes. every time. Um, my worst shot of the movie is there's a rat caught in the sticky trap in the floor of jo- George Spawn's house with, um, what's her name? With uh, Squeaky. Squeaky. Yeah. And it's just, it's obviously a puppet. Yeah. And it's it's not moving like a real rat would. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's an incredibly tense unsettling scene yeah and if you had given me a rat that really looked like a rat stuck in a trap that would have made it more <laughs> tense yeah but somehow it made it a little less tense right because of it feels that. a little goofy yeah i yeah, get it that's all best shot cliff walking back down the dirt path at spawn ranch out of the house and yeah. he like walks by all the it's like i have a few but this right is to one left yeah, he's Long, like, and this yeah, uh, like a dolly the shot. song is playing, and he's like, and they're all like yelling at him, like, yeah. "You're yeah. the blind one." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought that was that was funny. Yeah, that was a good shot, oh, man, because it like follows him, you know, all yes. the way all the way down the road. I got so many of them. Uh, yeah, I have several. The slow zoom out from the giant Rick painting. That is the first one. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh man, Rick in the Great Escape. I love that movie. That's one of my favorite like older movies. Yeah. And I like there's one tiny little spot where you can tell that it's like a yeah, deep fake. Yeah, when he starts to walk away, it yes. it, it starts to But other than that, scenes. it looks like Leonardo DiCaprio was in that movie. It does. With the old actors, and I've never seen that done so well cuz they've done that in like Forrest Gump yeah, and like right. all these other movies where it's like they try to play someone in an old footage and they just they nailed so they much did. of it, and I was so impressed by that. It was cool. I also like um, my favorite maybe moment of the whole movie is Rick and Cliff driving home to California dreaming, mm. and it's like all oh, the neon is in the background, and it, we're just following the car. Yeah, and it's I, I think that's probably my favorite moment. I have that. T- I have just all of the the like the Hollywood Hills driving when you were right behind. The, the front seat. Yeah. So, like, Cliff's driving, Polanski's driving, but, like, the radio's blaring, and you see them driving, like, 80 miles an hour yeah, up these streets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's cool. That is such a vibe. Um, <laughs> also, like, when um, it's towards the end when Kurt Russell narrating is talking about all the Italian movies that, that he did, yeah. that Rick did, and the car is jumping a gap in yes. one of the movies, and it freeze frames and there's like a little arrow that points and it says cliff and then on the other side yes that's yeah, funny i loved that did you notice that one of those production companies is the fake one from inglorious bastards no there's uh the guy the fake italian uh-huh. remember they're like they're they're pretending to be filmmakers yeah, but they're yeah. actually americans and they can't speak italian yeah but he calls it um i forget the guy's name he makes up a name for him oh, that's so funny and it's something funny. It's something like not clearly like a fake name. Right. But one of these pictures is that name. Like the director is that guy, that the made is up name. 
That's awesome. <laughs> How great is that? Um, one of my favorite is when when Cliff gets. I mean, I love the whole scene where Cliff gets home to Brandy in the trailer. Yeah, but when he pulls in the drive-in and then the camera just comes up over the screen and then you see it's this really long shot, but you see all the cars parked in the drive-in. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you see him continue to like drive around yep. back. He like walks past the like a little bench press and yeah, yeah. the whole thing. And then and then uh another long shot was the beginning of the Bruce Lee fight. Mm-hmm. There's I didn't realize it until this this walk this watch through how long of it's just one continuous yeah, it's not shot cut. like the yeah. beginning of it's like a lot of it yeah and like they really had to choreograph it and it really adds to like the suspense of that moment yeah it's cool yeah lots of them lots of shots uh worst scene in this movie this was easy for me okay the scene where sharon is trying to get into the movie okay that she's in it, it's because it's the way it's shot it, there's a dutch angle which is just basically sideways mm-hmm. of Sharon saying, I'm in the movie. It's me. Yeah. Right. I'm the one in the movie. And I don't know. It adds like this weird sort of like, Oh, she's lying. She's trying to get into this movie. Like it just something about, and mm. the way that she maybe delivers the lines too, where it's like, well, that's me. Like, I don't know something about it. It was the first time I watched it. I was like, I don't, why is she trying to get into this movie? But right. we know that it's, that she is in the movie because we see her name up on, yeah, the, yeah. on the, like, the thing, yeah. right? She's in it. So I don't know why it is shot that way to, hmm. it, because it makes me feel like she's trying to get into this movie for free. It's interesting, yeah. It, it's just, it, I, I think it is the Dutch angle and it's the fact that Margot Robbie's line right there doesn't really hmm. land for me. It's interesting. It is. It was. An, I hadn't thought it was about an interesting that. Yeah. feeling. <laughs> I know what you mean because I, I. That's definitely not one of my favorite scenes, but I feel like it's supposed to be very charming. But I agree that yeah. it maybe doesn't come across quite the same way, right? Because like I would want it to like be cute. You know, she's yeah. like trying to get in the scene. Okay, they don't recognize her. Well, you know, let me prove to you that it's me. Like, oh, is it her? No. Oh, it must be the other one. Right. No, it's not her either. Right. <laughs> like that yeah. should be a. a fun cute scene but i think really it's just that one dutch angle shot that i'm like okay well i'm okay. S- supposed to be not yeah i didn't <laughs> notice that angle so it's interesting i wonder if yeah it's maybe like I'm, it's like from I'm, maybe from inside the glass of the ticket the holder booth. looking yeah. up at Magarabi. yeah but it's interesting because like i kind of got the same feeling so i wonder if i got the same feeling without like recognizing yeah. the yeah. angle um cool for me it was the playboy mansion sequence it just it seemed like an excuse to like show off all these people, and then a lot of them are labeled too. So it's like, hey, just in he case does. you don't he get like it, he like freeze frames and labels all the people. Steve McQueen, yeah, whoever, and then but some of them aren't like Big Mama Cass from Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, uh, she like she's the one who greets Sharon, and she's they don't say who she is. But it's okay. clearly her. So it's like it just I don't know. It, it I don't care about that, right. but it just felt like. Again, it felt like that excess of like, oh, it's going to be old Hollywood. Get it? Because I have all I have Steve McQueen and all these people. I was just like, okay. Yeah. And But I do like it now that I know that Playboy Mansion wasn't a thing yet. I don't know why. I just, that's It makes that's it better for you. Me. <laughs> that, he, that he intentionally put something yeah. anachronistic in there. Um, okay. Best scene of the movie. Uh, Other than every single scene with Ricky yeah. Cliff. Okay. Which is the first thing I put down. 
everything from the moment that the scene that Rick is acting in starts where he messes up yeah, to the trailer and then to the end of the scene he does well. Yeah. That whole sequence is perfect. It's incredible. And I love it. I, w- I mean, I would group him and Trudy reading. Yeah, that's the in there too. Front end of I that. think that is separated though. I think there's scenes in between. But yeah, that's oh, definitely... Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love... It. Every time I've watched, like ever since I've watched the movie for the first time, every time it gets close to that I'm chunk, I'm yep. excited because I'm like, all right, next 20 minutes are just going to be yeah. so good. Yep. Yeah, him blowing the line and then him. Line, 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 line. <laughs> and then when he, he spits like the, yeah. the mezcal yeah. or whatever, you know. Oh, and then the good, screaming. Man. man, so good. Yeah, and his little improvised line and the. Bino Bronc, yeah, Beaner Bronco Bron- Buster, Bron- Bronco Buster line, and then the yeah when he th- throws her on the ground and and he's being all menacing and again like he's being fake, right? He's like doing an okay job acting, but it's Leonardo DiCaprio playing this guy who's doing a better job acting than he was before. It's like that's what we're seeing. It's genius, dude. It's amazing. It's, it really is. It's just such a flex. Uh, yes, from him, is. and there are so few people that could pull that off. What else do I have here? What do you? Any other best scenes? Rick and Cliff's commentary on the FBI episode. Oh, that's great. Where Rick is like, it's so accurate to like what if I was in a TV show and many were watching it, I would be like, oh, I hate that guy. That guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then like the next guy would be like, oh, he's he's a great guy. You know, that's that's yeah. so and so. He he he's did like, this. We shot that in Monterey or whatever. Yeah, it was. yeah. It was yeah. nice. The weather was nice. You know, yeah. like, it's just like it's so cool. And but we yeah. don't. But what I love about it is that we don't see them. We're watching the episode, right? Yeah, and we're just hearing what they're saying. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. That's great. Uh, if I had to pick one other than that one you said, I would say the Spawn rant scene, the whole thing. Masterclass intention. Like, it's terrifying. Yes. I think George is dead. Right. And I think that when he goes back there, Squeaky's going to kill him. Yeah. I think that the whole time... I thought that last... The other night when I watched it for the sixth time, that's what I thought was going to happen. (laughs) And what is so great is that we as an audience... Obviously, Rick is our protagonist. Yeah. Right? he's He's the main character. So Cliff, in our minds, even if subconsciously he's expendable, he could die. Yeah, like Rick is not going to die. He's an act. He's going. Yeah. He's acting right. But Rick, Cliff, something bad could really happen to him that that we're going to have to watch. Right. And that's what makes that scene so great is that we believe that something could like these people could kill him. Yeah. Yeah, and we yeah. know they're dangerous. Yeah. And you see this moment where Cliff decides to go. And he's like, ah, yeah, I'm coming in. Right. Or he says, I'd rather check on him. Yeah. You know, like he keeps like yeah. kind of easing into it, you know, but right. getting a little more stern, right. you know. He, and then he finally says, listen, Red, I'm coming in there. Yeah. And this, he like flicks the door, ain't going to stop me. <laughs> and then she just opens it. Yeah. It's so good. Ooh, that's incredible. Um, I also love, there's such a sweet, when at the end of the scene with George, where he goes, he ends it and he says, um, "You came." He's like, yeah. "You came and saw me." Yeah, and it was you like you touched me today. You touched me today. <laughs> you came and you saw me, and like it was such a yeah. a sweet moment of like he's pissed off right. at at Cliff because he woke him up. Yeah, but at the same time he's like acknowledging it, like, "Hey, yeah. no one comes and visits right. me. Thanks, thanks. I don't even remember you, but right. thanks." 
<laughs> he says, so I, much goes on there. I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who you are. But you touched me today. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so, it's such great. a good thing. All right, cutting room floor. There what are, could we cut out of this movie? There are two scenes where Sharon Tate is watching herself on a movie screen. Yeah. One of them could go. Yeah. In my opinion. I would say the first one. I would say, let's have a scene where she's getting into the movie, then let's go back to Rick or Cliff. Yeah. Then let's see her later on watching a movie. Watching we don't movie. need to see her watching a movie twice. Yeah. Because nothing, we don't get anything new out of that. We do. We, the second time we get that she worked with Bruce Lee on this movie. Right. Right. So let's keep that one and let's not just watch. And she can right. still have like the smiling moment. She has the, the moment with Dean Martin. Yes. That's, that's yeah, yeah. in the first You're one. You're saying yeah. so cut that one and do I the fight so. scene I mean, later. Yeah. I, you don't or, need both. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you do. I, this is, uh, I hope this isn't a cop out. I just said like so much of the flashbacks, like I loved every flashback in this movie. <laughs> Cliff with with Bruce Lee, Cliff with his ex wife, uh, Marg yeah her with with Bruce Lee, uh, all this stuff. Th there's so much good stuff, and then all this bounty law. Yeah, but like so I said the bounty law things. It's like, you know there there's the the Great Escape thing. There's all these old things from Rick. Yeah yeah yeah. And I'm like. I don't think we need that. Like the uh, they they showed a good amount of like one episode of Bounty Law, and I'm like, I feel like it's such a an up the middle Western TV show. Right. It's like we get it, we don't have to, but right. you can't ask Tarantino to not do that. This is right. like his favorite thing in the world, <laughs> probably, is to make those yeah. parts of this. Yeah. So it's like, what, is he, what are you gonna do? Yeah. All right, yeah. imaginary deleted scene. What's a scene this movie could have? Used. I think it, it could have been cool to see Charlie one more time interact with some of the characters. Hmm. Um, I don't think this is a, a mo one of those moments where like we want to keep him secret because he's you know adding mystery. Like, right. We know who Charles Manson is. Like I think it yeah. would have been cool to see him one more time. Hmm. Maybe interact with Cliff. Maybe he's there as Cliff is leaving, or like maybe yeah, you know maybe he is back there with George, like something, something, you know. Yeah, it just, almost makes me feel like don't put him in there at all. Right, unless, exactly. Yeah, one or the other, because we do see him. He's right. there. We know it's him. Yeah. So let's. I would think it could have been cool to sure. see him interact with another character. I get that. Or maybe it would have been cool to see him interact with Rick. Rick not knowing obviously who he is. Right, yeah. That that could have been a cool dynamic. It's also like. I wouldn't be at all surprised if that was an, a literal deletion. An actual deletion. You know? It could be. <laughs> like we were saying last, I forget what movie, last episode. Yeah. My imaginary deleted scene, I just wrote 20 minutes more of Cliff driving around to LA. Yeah. With Cinder <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it's not a serious one. Right. I, that whole, his long drive out to the trailer, his, tra his little mobile home, yeah. I'm like... I could just watch 20 minutes more yeah. of that. I think it's, it's like, so great. It's like me and wanting more Hitler scenes and Jojo Rabbit. There's plenty. <laughs> yes. There's plenty. There's so you don't much. need any more, but yes. I just want more. Yeah. That. Yeah. And then when he's driving back from Spawn Ranch, I think is with the other one, when he's the, like, it does that thing where it goes like, or maybe he's picking up Rick or whatever yeah. it is, but like it goes a few songs. Yeah. Yeah. And during and like the the sunlight is you know the the sun is setting. Yep. All right. Unsung hero, an actor that did a great job with this movie that is not in the top five listed on IMDb. Bruce Dern as George Spawn. Yes. He's hilarious. He's so good. <laughs> he has so many funny lines. He's like half asleep, and then he's like, I can't 
see, I can't hear you. What'd you say? Like, yeah, it's just so funny. He's so annoyed. Yes. And Cliff is just trying to make sure he's okay. Right. Yeah. That's that whole scene is great. Cliff is like, it, it, it don't matter, George. I just want to check yeah. in on you. <laughs> like, uh, I love that scene. And I, I don't think it works as well without him being so good. Yeah. He's great. He's, uh, Check out him and when when he was younger, he was like a a leading yeah, man. Yeah, and I was always surprised because I've I've seen him in so many things as an old man. Uh, he's also great in in Hateful Eight. There's a there's this old Confederate general. <laughs> uh, Tarantino really knows how to use that guy. Yeah, uh, mine is Julia Butters, who is Trudy. Who? Which one is Trudy? Trudy is her character name. We don't know her right. real name, the child actor. Oh, right. Gotcha. Which I think is such a, like, on in the credits, she's Trudy because she's she wants to stay in character. Yes. So we never actually find her real right. name. It's perfect. When she's asking him about the book and he's crying and he's, you know, he's talking about he's his Bronco buster. Yeah. And he used to be the best. And then he just starts weeping. <laughs> she yeah. comes over and she puts her hand on his knee. And then what does he call her? He calls her... Uh, some. It's a, a princess, princess puss, or something. Yeah, like princess that. puss, and and she's like, I don't, like I don't it. like that. But you're, she basically says you're having a hard time, right. so I'm gonna let it slide. Pumpkin puss, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, and Which, so you see her kind of stiffen up. Yeah, uh, she, yeah, she yeah. was just phenomenal in this. That one, all you need is that one. Of course, then she, you know she gets to tell him that's the best acting she's ever seen. But yeah. like. Though she she did something similar to what Leo did, which is like act as someone acting. Right. Yeah. And I think feel like she kind of pulled it off as a little kid, which yeah, is she did incredible. great. Yeah. I love their whole interaction so much because he is intimidated by her, and there's this one line that just she's like, he's he's crying and and she he what is he, he says uh you know he realizes that now he's old and washed up and there's all these new youngins on the scene or whatever. She goes that sounds really hard. And uh, and he oh that's a terrible story. And he goes, just wait eight years, kid. You'll yeah. be living it. Yeah. And she's like, what? He's like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Uh, all right, best quotes. Oh, there's there's a bunch of quotes in this movie that are great quotes that we can't say on the podcast. <laughs> but, I'll start uh, with I'll start one from that scene. Okay. Uh, he says, I thought it was Dakota. And she's like. I'm pretty sure it's Descartes too. Yeah. <laughs> She's telling him his own character name. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's... That's funny. Um, <laughs> Brad Pitt says, going to Rome to star in movies is not the fate worse than death that you seem to think it is. <laughs> and it's another one of those Brad Pitt sort of deliveries yeah. where it's like nobody else could say that line and it would be memorable. Yeah. It's like the... um. It's why they call me Gregarious from right. Jesse James. It's the yeah. same sort of thing. It's like, it's just a line, but he says yeah. it and it's great. Yeah, he inhabits it. Yeah. Um, okay, when he's <laughs> right before the Bruce Lee, right before he finally fights him, he says, what I think is, and he's like, he's holding back. He doesn't want to say anything. Right. And then you see Cliff kind of slip. And so he goes from being extremely uh, diplomatic yeah. to saying, what I think is you're a little man with a big mouth and a big chip, and I think you should be embarrassed to suggest that you'd be anything more than a stain on the seat of Cassius Clay's trunks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. And the whole yeah, the whole scene of 
And then uh, this, I remember this from the trailer, the first trailer I saw from this, but anybody actually kills someone in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. I have that line because <laughs> Bruce Lee's like, my hands are lethal weapons, are registered as lethal weapons. That means if we get into a fight and I accidentally kill you, I, <laughs> I go, to, go jail. to jail. <laughs> it's called manslaughter. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many. You mentioned this one earlier, but I have the whole one here. Cliff doesn't have a clue what he's going to do. The only thing the two men know for sure, tonight Rick and Cliff will have an old-fashioned drunk. Yeah. Said as Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Um, the scene where Tex and, and the, the other two break into the house. Yeah. Cliff is like, they're like holding him at gunpoint, and Cliff is like high on acid. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like trying to figure out how he remembers them, because he met them earlier at Spawn Yeah, Ranch. yeah. And he's like... I remember, you know, I remember you, and then he tells Tex, he says, and you were on a horsey. He says, yeah, you are. And then Tex says the line, which Tex actually said I'm in real the, life. I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. And then he says, no, nah, it was something dumber than that. Something like, like Rex. Rex. <laughs> and then she's like, blow him away, yeah, Tex. Shoot him, Tex. Goes, Tex! <laughs> yeah, I and lo- then, the, then the scene begins. That moment when, the, I mean, it's never hit me like it did this last time, but when... He's pointing the gun at him, and Brad Pitt, like, he points his finger, and he just starts laughing. Yeah. As, like, puts his finger as a gun up. I just, that just cracked me up so much. Yeah, it was great. Uh, There's, I didn't realize this either, so he lights the acid cigarette when he's taking Brandon on the walk, and he goes, and away we go. And he says it again. Yes, I didn't realize he says it right when they're wheeling him away on the stretcher. After after. being stabbed. (laughs) He's yep. like, and, and away, away we go. go. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's great. Um, there's a scene where it's a flashback scene mm-hmm. where Le- you mentioned it to me before we started recording. Is where Leo, well, Rick is shooting a flamethrower for a movie. Yes, and they like practicing with it, and then he like stops. He's like, "All right, that's that's too hot. Can we, anything we can do about that heat?" <laughs> and then the guy says, "Rick." It's a flamethrower. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, one last one I for me. Uh, the, he lights the acid cigarette. He goes on the walk, and it like hasn't kicked in yet. And then he comes back in, and then he's, and he, he waves his hand through the light, and that's when he's, it starts to kick in. And he laughs, and he puts his hands down, and he goes, oh, the man. train has left the station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he goes and turns on the lights, and they like blind him, and he's like trying fumbling around, trying to turn him back off. We were talking about the dog food bit too, so like he like tasted. Well, he tasted, but then when he when the dog food plops in the into the dog bowl, whoa, yeah, <laughs> he says that whoa, like because you could so easily say that whoa a little bit bigger, right? You could be like whoa, right, and like oh ha ha, he's on drugs, right? But instead, he just goes. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's so believable. It is. It's so believable. It is. Like, um, that just blew his mind. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, there's, I have a couple more. Yeah. Uh, one of the killers said they're trying to like figure out, they recognize Jake Cahill, right? Yeah, when yeah. Rick yelled at them. Yeah. But one of them didn't. And she says, Sorry, I don't know the name of every fascist on the TV in the 50s. <laughs> 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 that was a really funny line. Uh, and then um, there's a scene with Sharon and. Um, Jay Sebring, where Jay is like dancing to Paul Revere and the, Wa- the Raiders, yeah. and she says, "What's the matter? Are you afraid I'll tell Jim Morrison that you were dancing to Paul Revere and the Raiders?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, <sighs> I already said this one, but 
that when they're in the when the hippies have him cornered in the house and he just says and I remember your white little face and I'm just she has this like mask of rage yeah. she's like so angry at him and he's just kind of joyfully being like I remember yeah. your white little face it's great uh so good all right big big question here big question is this a film or is this a movie so I think it's a film but for an opposite reason that I usually say something is a film. Love it. So usually when I say it's a film, it's because, you know, the director has this thing that he wants to, or, or the filmmakers, whatever, have something that they want to challenge the audience with. Mm-hmm. They want to try to change the audience's mind, maybe, or affect the audience in, in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. Movies are more commercial, are more, you know, not that way. Yeah. yeah, kind of pure entertainment. However... I think this is a film because this is a filmmaker who is just doing something that he loves. He's making a movie about something that he loves. Yeah. And it's it's a movie about two guys just hanging out. It's basically a hangout movie. <laughs> they're, they're just kind of going yeah. about their day and there's scenes where they're not doing anything and they're just sitting on the couch watching TV and these scenes are so well done. But there's there's nothing that... Tarantino's not challenging us with any sort of idea or sure. anything like that. No. However, he made something that was... If it's not Tarantino, it, it's a risk that yeah. this movie's not about anything until the end. Right. You know? So like, what's going on? But he makes it to where it's so interesting and it's so well done. Yeah. And I just, I love it for that reason. I think it's, it's a film actually because it's not trying to do anything, which is a risk in it in and of itself. Yes. I get that. Yeah. I, I can't decide on this one. I went back and forth a long time. I can't decide because I mean, for so much of what you're saying is exactly the, my train of thought, which is like, he's doing, this is clearly an outpouring of his own love for yeah. all this stuff. It's got the spaghetti westerns. It's got old Hollywood. It's got his favorite actors that he likes mm-hmm. to put in things. It's got the Manson. He's I know he's I've listened to interviews with him. He's read all these books on the Manson murders. Like there's it's just this amalgamation of all these things that he loves. And so it's clearly just a I don't know, a passion project for yeah, him. Yeah, it is but it somehow gets elevated to this other thing and i it's so hard to not call it a movie because of how entertaining it is right and like most other quentin tarantino movies i'm like are movies i'm calling them movies even Absolutely. the really filmy ones i would ones. i would even argue that this may be the only tarantino movie that is not a a, a movie, a movie. It's more of a film. <laughs> called, yeah, yeah, and because that's his aesthetic, right? It's movies. In right. fact, there's this thing. This if uh, you ever heard this little thing about people on his set, whenever like he needs them to do another take, mm-hmm. and like they've already done a bunch, and it's going to be a pain, and they're going to go over time. He says, "We're going to do one more, and why?" And then everyone together he says, "Because we love making movies." Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I've heard that from a few different sources. That's funny. And but like that is at the heart of it, where it's yeah. like he grew up. His his origin story is that he worked in a in a in a DVD video store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, VHS, VHS yeah. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he worked in a in a video store, and so like he watched movies. He I mean, I'm sure he watched films too, but like right. he, it was the, it was the westerns. It was the 
kung fu movies. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. It was entertainment. It was like the black exploitation stuff. Like that was the kind of stuff that and that's the stuff that he's drawing from. So I will say film, but it's film made from movies. It's yeah. movies that have been kind of put through this food processor and come out as a film. Agree. And I think you could kind of say in another way, all of his movies are like that. Yeah. You know, because even could. though they're so movie-ish, I'm like, they they are, the way that they're put together as homages yeah. feel, feel so like personal. Yeah. And I would also say something that I think elevates it a little bit more is he's such, he's a gifted director, obviously. Yeah. But he's an even more gifted writer yeah. and storyteller. Mm-hmm. His stories are so complex and clever yeah. and cleverly written. Yeah. And it's just like, I think that is also something that's like, I can't call this a movie because it's so yeah intelligent and so smart. And it's like, yeah. yeah. So I think, I Absolutely. think film. Yeah, I'll say as close to movie as I can get, but I'm going to say film. Agree. It's 49% movie. <laughs> uh, personal rating. We know, well, mine's a 5.5 yeah, for this 5.5. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> That's how much I enjoyed watching this. I enjoyed watch, re-watching this more than anything else we have watched yeah. for this entire thing. It was great. Uh, mine is personally definitely a 5 still. Yeah, I, mine is also a 5. Great. Yeah. It, I mean, what more can be said about it? We've said quite a bit. We have. Critical. I always hesitate doing this. I may not have done this yet. Mm. Maybe one other one, mm-hmm. but I think it's a five. I think, I think it's pretty close to perfect. Yeah, I think it's probably like a four eight seven, like four point eight seven or four point nine one or something like that. But it's a five. I have to agree. Yeah, I put I have four point five because I was like, I'll figure out a reason to make it four. I did too. I, I thought about <laughs> doing that, and I'm like, I just. I can't do it, man. The more I talked about the Achilles heels, though, I'm like, actually, I like this. Right. Like, I like yeah. these things yeah. more than I think that they count against the movie. Yeah. There's just not much. It's a perfect thing because it's so, if you take away any little bit of it, it like you said, if you take away the Manson stuff, yeah. it becomes imbalanced. If you take away, uh, if Cliff does die, it becomes imbalanced. Yeah. Or if you take a, if you, honestly, if you take out any of Sharon's bits, yeah. she's not as... We're not rooting for her as much, you know, or whatever. I wonder if he's just the luckiest guy ever, Quentin Tarantino. If he, or did he know that it was going to work like this? Because this is unlike any narrative structure I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no. There's no other movie like this. Yeah, it has no, I mean, I guess you could call that last bit the third act or whatever, but there's, right. it's not your typical. There's a nine month yeah. gap yeah. in the middle of it, like yeah. before that last act. Yeah. That shouldn't. That should be a mark against it. Right. It somehow doesn't. Yeah. Like it, I believe it and I love it. I think he's just <laughs> so gifted. Yeah. And it, he's a gifted storyteller. He's one of the most talented storytellers yeah. ever. I think so too. He, so the, he wrote a book. He wrote this into a book. Okay. And I haven't read it yet. But About writing, I, writing movies? This he wrote this story oh, into a book, so oh, there's gotcha. a book version of Once Upon a Time yes. in Hollywood. I have I don't have it, but um, I've heard a couple of different people say that it's great. Yeah. It's like really good, and I think that that's what he's he's he said like he's not going to make any more movies after his next one, um, which who knows if he'll actually do that. But he talked about writing more books because apparently there have been really good reviews for this. Cool, yeah, it, and apparently it's it's the same story, but there's like a lot more Cliff backstory, yeah, and stuff which like that. I it. think could definitely Which be cool i want right yeah i think i will say this about cliff booth 
Mm. He's one of my all-time favorite characters in movies. Oh, yeah. Dude, the very end, he's letting him go. He's saying, I can't afford you anymore. We've had a good run. And then he saves his life. Yeah. And as he goes away, he's like, you're a good friend, Cliff. And he's like, I try. I try. Yeah. You're just like, oh. Yeah, it's so good. I love Cliff What a great story of, of friendship and like this guy who like, it's not a codependent relationship. No, you know, he's, like he's they, just utterly selfless, but also he just enjoys. He enjoys it. It's like he. Yeah. It's like I get to you know serve my friend. You know, my friend needs me. Yeah. And I get I get to do that, dude. Most heartbreaking line of this movie. Okay. I mean, it's it is heartbreaking. He says, he says, I have to let you go, Cliff. I'm gonna have to sell the house. We got a place in whatever the town is. Uh, where you know we'll have smaller house payments or whatever, and Cliff goes, "Sounds like a really good plan." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Cliff." Yeah. It's, He's like legitimately like yeah. just, "Hey, man, you know that sounds good for you," you know. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, what a good friend." Yeah. He's great. I love him, and I yeah. wish he was in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was in The Witch. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he shows up. He shows up after uh, like the morning after when all the goats are eviscerated and stuff. <laughs> He's like, "Well, something happened here." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. All right, double feature. Uh, if you're if you are the owner of the drive-in that Cliff lives behind, but it's but it's. It's 2022. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not 1969. It's 2022. Uh, and this is the first movie of the evening. What do you put after it? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ooh. I like it because okay. I think it's also a hangout movie. Yep. They're just kind of doing fun stuff. Yeah. You know, just doing stuff that they that they want to do. And yeah. They're just That's interesting. I couldn't decide between these two. I'm going to pick one, though. Do it. I'm picking licorice pizza. I had licorice pizza and changed it this morning. It's so it's such a different movie. It's like a series of vignettes. Yeah. It's also a romance. Uh, it's no not a bromance, but it's a romance. Uh but it's it's a retro yeah. LA thing. Yeah. And I'm I, like I get a lot of the same vibes from yep, it. Heavily considered that one. I the other one was I was gonna say Inglorious Bastards just because it seems like it's such a if you're if you're into this then like Yeah. Keep it rolling. And I haven't like seen it in a second, but I think that's actually my favorite Tarantino movie. It's a great one. Yeah. They're all so good. And that's the other thing about him. He just never repeats himself. And that's the thing that I think is kind of, we. Ta- I think we talked about this last episode, like it's kind of mind boggling. We're talking about how good of a writer and how good of a director he is. Yet, I can't say that he's really done the same thing twice. And no. I can't say that about like Martin Scorsese. I can't say that about Wes Anderson. Like all these guys, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, like they do something, and it feels like, all right, like you're gonna repeat yourself a couple times, right? You know, like, and I don't, I just don't think he has. He's great. He's one of the all-time greats. Um, spoiler alert: We will hit a couple other Tarantino movies. We will on our top twenties. Speaking of. The time has come. The time has come. For us to look at each other's list. Lists. Top 20 lists. We've watched Pirates of the Caribbean, Moneyball, Conjuring, Spider-Man 2, Hacksaw Ridge, The Dark Knight, and The Witch. It's a pretty good spread. Yeah. Pretty good variety. 
Man, we could go with another DiCaprio movie. We could do it. We could go with one of two Daniel Radcliffe movies. <laughs> there are two Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> movies on my list. Interesting. Which was heavy. I'm going to stay away from uh, from gory horror fests. <laughs> I don't think I have any more gory horror fests on there. Well, there's a horror fest on here. I'm not going to say what it is. And then there's, a, there's at least another pretty spooky one. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with a movie I've only seen once. Okay. But I'm very interested to see what my reaction will be to seeing it again. Okay. That movie is 2004's National Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage. I love that movie. I love that movie. I don't know why. I remember. Maybe I'll find out. I remember liking it too, so we'll see. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited about that one. I have good memories of it. Yeah. Okay, I did... All right, so we've done Mad Max, Moonrise Kingdom, Jojo Rabbit, Jesse James, Toy Story, Stranger Than Fiction, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Man, these are some good movies. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toy Story. <laughs> no, okay. Um, so I am also going to go, I think, smaller, because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is so big. Yeah. Um, a movie that I think looks a little bit ridiculous... But we're going to watch it. Um, Galaxy Quest. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully, I'll be able to find it and watch it. (laughs) Oh, Jake. Oh, Jake. First of all, that's not a small movie. It's not? Not at all, but... It looks a little bit smaller. You're not going to regret this. Okay. I thought you were saying I'm not going to like it. (laughs) I think this may be top three for me. Oh, wow. I'm not kidding. I think this is a... Great, great movie. There's good. It's a got a good cast. It has it's got a, a great cast. It's got a good everything, man. Love it. All right. So next episode will be National Treasure. The next episode after that will be Galaxy Quest. This is going to be. A, I think these are going to be a couple fun episodes. Yeah, I'm excited to, to watch yeah. them both. Yeah. All right. Uh, sweet. Well, we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye. See ya.